or your Google Play, simply say, hey, Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Here we go. And the Kansas City Chiefs have won Super Bowl 57. But how about those Chiefs? Two Super Bowls in four seasons. Not man one of y'all said the Chiefs were going to win it. And look at us now. You got to fight for your right. (laughs) Uh, That was Travis Kelsey uh, there who played just a fantastic game. Didn't win the uh, MVP, though. For the second time in uh, three years, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, he won the uh, MVP. We may have the beginning. I know there's still a lot of time here. We've got we've got the goat who retired this year, greatest of all time, greatest of all time, Tom Brady. But are we seeing the beginning of a possibility of the greatest of all time? Once again, I know we've got a lot of time here, but. You got to look at Patrick Mahomes has been in the NFL for five years. Mm-hmm. He's won two Super Bowls already, two MVPs. He's won two league MVPs. He's been an All Pro three times, and he's been to the Pro Bowl five times in his first five years. You know, if he retires today, he'll probably make it into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, in just five years, he's been that good. Um, those are good numbers. Yeah, like him, don't like him, whatever. Um, he he probably was the difference yesterday. Only threw for 175 yards, but accounted for three of those touchdowns mm-hmm. and were able to uh, bring the team biggest, back. Biggest mistake in that game was uh, when Hertz fumbled and it was picked up and running yeah. for a touchdown. That was, yeah, unfortunately, I think that, that was, was most of the difference. That was that was not good. Unfortunately, um, great game. That's that's all I want. If you can't have yeah. both teams Terrific lose. Game. Because I don't like either team, then give me a good game. And we've, we got we've had a we've had a handful of games that have come down to just the very last play or the last couple of plays, and that was one of them. And yep. that was the highest scoring of all those. Yeah, um, and it did. By the way, did beat the over seventy three. Yeah. yeah, it did beat the over. And if you bet the uh, Chiefs, you had one and a half points. You also won that bet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so congratulations to uh, everybody who. Uh, legally or illegally bet on the game. I know there was a lot of money <laughs> the, put out there. The only thing I did right, I was you know at home for a couple of weeks and nobody asked me, but I did tell Debbie on Friday that I thought the Chiefs would win. That's it. That's 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 all I did. I didn't place a bet or anything. Yeah, unfortunately, I placed a bet because I thought the Philadelphia Eagles were going to just well, before, kill them, and and that's what Travis Kelsey was talking about. You know, when he was screaming like, "None of you picked us." Well. None of the people on the on the the Fox panel picked them before the game. Everybody picked Philadelphia. Yeah, I think a lot of that, and that I mean, I didn't pay attention to Philadelphia much this year or Kansas City, uh, but I did watch some of the uh, San Francisco game, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people based their predictions on that San Francisco game that they yeah. just you know absolutely killed San Francisco, who has a really good defense, and and the defense looked great for Philadelphia. That's what as I based we, mine on. So my illegal bet of donuts <laughs> has to now be paid to as, Rick Worthington. Uh, as we always say, though, uh, this week's game doesn't necessarily have anything to do with next week's game. No. Both teams, though, uh, had a great year, and both teams are going to be good again next year. I mean, you look at Kansas City, they really are set to have a, a long run because they've got a great mix of young, not very high-paid young players, good veterans, mm-hmm. um, just a, a really big mix. They have 
you know, a great defense, top offensive line. And you look at that team, and there's really two only super, only two superstars, Kelsey and Mahomes, that you have to continue yeah, to pr- pay. Pretty much now, yeah. Yeah. The, other, the others can be, you know, exchanged in and out. Those are the only two that you really have to say, okay, we can't lose these two players. So, like I said, they, they could be set up. Philadelphia looks good for a uh, run. However, mm-hmm. uh, the following year, the loser of the Super Bowl doesn't very often do very well. Is that right? The following year, yeah, if you look in you know, through history. So, well, it'll be remain to be seen uh, what, what uh, we're what, four or five months away from. Mm-hmm. There have been teams that have won, you know, two Super Bowls in a row, and there have been teams that won the Super Bowl and the next year didn't make the playoffs. It happens. Yep. Um, football is over. You know what today is? Uh, the day football is over? No. Today, pitchers and catchers report for spring training, ladies and gentlemen. Boy. Underway with baseball season Wednesday. Uh, Everybody else will be reporting, but pitchers and catchers report for spring training today. It's still a little over six weeks until we have the first official games, but at least they're back doing it. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, I don't don't think we're going to make it to spring training this year. I love going to spring training. Um, Love Arizona, as, as you saw the weather yesterday, and... The amazing thing is the two huge things going on in Arizona over the weekend. You had the waste management tour golf tournament, (laughs) which is the rowdiest, craziest, nutty golf tournament. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's the only golf tournament where you don't go. It's the only. It's the only PGA event I've ever been to. I mean, you know, the 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 big time. I've been to the Boise Open a bunch of times, Mm -hmm. which is a like a more a minor league type of thing, but uh, the Phoenix Open is what I called it that year. It was it's sponsored by somebody every year, but I just refer to it as the Phoenix Open, and it's it is it's nuts, especially it, that oh. one that one hole. It's like seventeenth or whatever it yeah. is, sixteenth. Nobody is quiet, and and not only that, but golfers actually encourage the crowd to be loud, which is way different than any other course because you have people standing around with signs that say "quiet." that they put up right before anybody hits the uh, golf ball. So it's absolutely crazy. Um, So so just nuts that you have two of those things going on in Mm -hmm. one area. Can't imagine how busy that was uh, over the weekend. Good news for uh, those of you who are traveling north to North Idaho. You no longer have to go through Oregon and Washington. The road officially open uh, between uh, New Meadows and Riggins after that propane truck crashed last Thursday and uh, was ruptured, spilling thousands of gallons of propane, which, by the way, is highly flammable, which is why they had to close the roadway and um, evacuate everybody within a mile radius of there. But officially, it is now open, so those of you who want to travel north or south, you'll be able to do that beginning today. Uh, Other things we're going to be talking about today. What is going on with UFOs in the United States? I'm sorry, the government is calling them UAPs. Unidentified aerial phenomena. Yeah, what is the difference between an aerial phenomena and a flying object? Uh, the government's name is the only thing I can or in, figure out. In in this case, they could be unidentified floating objects. So still a UFO. Since the balloon from China was shot down mm-hmm. uh, last week, the United States military has shot down at least three other unidentified. Aerial phenomena, which the military is saying, not calling balloons. There was a hexagonal-shaped 
UFO shot down over Lake Huron yesterday by yeah. the uh, military. That they don't know what it is. Hexagon, is that six? Yes. Yeah, okay. They don't know what it is. They don't know what the payload was. They don't know what it was doing there. At least they're not telling us. It's just, it, it seems so weird that after the United States has never shot down any unidentified aerial phenomenon, now well, within a week four, they've yeah. shot down, what, four? In the, within, within the last week. And it's like, okay, is this the beginning of the invasion of UFOs? Are these just Chinese surveillance balloons or mm-hmm. balloons well, or it, something from some least, other country? What least, is it? At least nobody's impatient waiting for news as to what these are. Well, it's kind of scary. Or wait a minute. Everyone is. Yeah. It's like, what is what is going on? All of a sudden, it seems like, not not that there's really anything we can do about it, but you know, it does cause a little bit of consternation, in my opinion. We'll talk about that and uh, more coming up here for you this morning. Of course, we'll talk about the uh, Super Bowl ads. Did you have a favorite? Love to hear from you this morning. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. You can email Mike at KBY.com. And yes, that voice you hear across from me, <laughs> in case you forgot what it sounded like, Chris Walton is hey. back. So you can also... Email Chris mm-hmm. at KBOI.com. He is back. This is not somebody filling in that sounds like Chris. It is actually Chris. I don't even know if I sound like me that much well, anyway. Yeah, you're, you're, I'm about 80, 90% of, of what I was. You can tell it's still in your, there in your, your voice, but yeah. it, at least it is sounding a little like you. Uh, time for our first check on what's going on with sports once again this morning. It is brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuta, the place to go for lunch, breakfast, brunch every single day. They open 7 a.m. Check out their menu, porkbellyidaho.com. Good morning. Boise State is now 9 and 3 in the Mountain West after a 75 to 63 home win over Wyoming on Saturday night. Bob Beeler with more for us this morning. All five starters scored in double figures and the Broncos shot 53% for the game. Tyson Degenhart made 9 of 11 shots for 20 points and Najee Smith had his first career double-double with 18 points and 10 rebounds. Uh, it means a lot just showing my versatility and that even undersized I could still be a presence down there. Boise State out-rebounded Wyoming 34-19 to and scored 34 points in the paint. Up next, the Broncos travel to Colorado State on Wednesday. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. There were other games played over the weekend. On Friday night, Air Force defeated New Mexico in Colorado 89 to 77. And Nevada also at home defeated Fresno State 77 to 66. On Saturday, San Diego State defeated UNLV 82 71. And San Jose State picked up a victory over Utah State 69 to 64. I'm Rick Worthington. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Caldwell Police have released more information about the upcoming Caldwell School Board meeting on Monday, February 13th. Caldwell Police said in an emailed statement they want to make the community aware that the Caldwell Police Department is committed to ensuring that everyone attending and gathering is safe. CBS2 reports Caldwell Police have been in communication with the district about the meeting and should there be violence or threats of violence, they will take appropriate action against those individuals. Caldwell Police encourages those in attendance to be peaceful. Rex Ingram, Caldwell Chief of Police, said they are committed to keeping everyone safe and facilitating any peaceful demonstrations in their city. However, if anyone chooses to come to Caldwell and try to cause problems or violate the law, Caldwell Police will ensure you are held accountable. So that meeting is uh, expected to go on tonight. No word yet 
whether or not they're even going to talk about the gender bathrooms in the mm. Caldwell School District. But they're basically just asking people to show some decorum and be polite. Well, they're basically even saying more than that. That's <laughs> If you try to pull the crap you pulled the last one, we're, there we're could gonna, be some we're problems. Gonna, we're going to shut it down again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is after the meeting last week was canceled, and they have not had a discussion on the uh, gender bathrooms and locker rooms within the school school district since the original one was uh, shut down mm-hmm. partway through. So we'll keep an eye on that, report on that coming up here uh, tomorrow morning, see if there is uh, any discussion on that. It is interesting that there, this is also going on in other schools this discussion on other schools. Um, I, I can't remember. I saw this weekend. I want to I say it was Wisconsin. I'll have to look this up again. Um, but their way of dealing with it was to get rid of urinals in all the bathrooms in all the elementary schools. Oh, so they're all basically unisex? Yes. And there were now there's protest from the school students, which is really weird when you consider that these are elementary schools that the elementary school-age children know enough that they can protest because the boys are upset that there's no more urinals in their bathrooms anymore. That might take, you know, might might mm-hmm. help you with one thing, but uh, what's being discussed in Caldwell is not just the bathrooms within the school, but also the locker rooms. Oh, okay. So we'll find out if there is uh, more conversation on that once again and keep you up to date with that story as we follow that coming in to tomorrow morning. Phone lines are open at 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless, looking like the stock market up just a little bit this morning uh, after having not such a great week. Standard & Poor uh, saw its worst week in a while last week, but uh, we'll see if we're going to see any better news. Jeremiah Bates, uh, who was out sick on Friday, he, he too lost his voice. I don't know if you guys were hanging out or what, but... We weren't. Hopefully he'll be back uh, coming up today. We'll find out what's going on uh, with the week ahead as far as your money is concerned. We'll check in with him coming up in about uh, 45 minutes or so here on News Talk KBOI. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. 6.33, he's Chris Walton. Yes, the real Chris Walton It's back. In the flesh. Mike Casper here, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless if you want to get through. Toll free, 1-800-529-5264. Also, uh, if you want to email Mike at KBOI.com, Chris at KBOI.com, we're uh, looking for your favorite Super Bowl commercials. A lot of people, like I had a lot of people at my house, have very little interest in watching the <laughs> game itself. However, they love watching the halftime show, and they I love was, watching the uh, commercial. I was like every year when they give you practically a whole year's worth of, of uh, you know, movie trailers. And there were some good ones, but there, there weren't a lot of them. Though. No, I, you know, you haven't seen a lot of good movies, period. I did love the uh, trailer for the uh, movie, The Flash, that is coming out from DC. Yeah. Um, where was that Michael Keaton? Michael the Keaton, the original Batman, was he was the one that said, I, "I'm Batman." <laughs> I'm Batman. Yeah. So apparently, Michael Keaton, after 30 years, will be back in the uh, upcoming Flash movie, which is really weird because so is Ben Affleck, and Ben Affleck is the latest Batman. So you have two different. Batman's in the upcoming movie. Apparently. So they're so they're Batman. Batman, apparently, okay. yeah. So anyway, I loved seeing that one. Um, there, there looks like some really good movies. I, I'll tell you what, 
if you have time, the the movie trailer for the Nike movie coming out that how they discovered how how they put yeah, together yeah. the deal with Michael Jordan. Right. Do yourself a favor. That was a short trailer that doesn't do the movie a lot of justice. Watch. Look up the longer trailer. The the trailer is uh the longer trailer is amazing. It's funny, and that one didn't have a, a lot of the funny lines mm. from the uh, two minute long tra- it, trailer it, because it's you it have to pay seven million dollars to run a thirty second commercial, so they're not going to run a two minute ad. It looked interesting. Yeah, um, it looks it looks fabulous, and it's the story of how Nike got Michael Jordan to yeah. be their um, you know spokesperson endorser for. The Air Jordans and Ben Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, right? Yep. Now, my question is this, and I was trying to ask somebody last night: Is this the first movie that those two have starred in since their original movie together? No, I think they've they've been in in various ones. I couldn't figure out any other movies that they'd both starred in other than uh, the uh, their original movie. Okay, now I'll have to look that up. Um, what was your favorite commercials? If you want to share what your favorite all time Super Bowl commercials were, because I wasn't super super overwhelmed. Uh, in the quality of the uh, Super Bowl commercials for this year. There were a couple good ones, but uh, I mean, I don't think I'd put any of them up there to the best I've ever seen ever before. Uh, but if you want to share that, please, please feel free. You can email Mike at KBOI.com or Chris at KBOI.com. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. 642, you can also email us, Mike at KBOI.com or Chris at KBOI.com. And don't forget, you can uh, text us, same as our main number, at 208-336-3700. I have to say, one of my favorite ads, and I don't know if it's just because, you know, it's somebody that uh, we know and have worked with in the past, uh, Idaho resident. Um, I love the Breaking Bad chip commercial. I did, too. I thought that was pretty fun. Yo, these are the bomb. And they're air-popped, not fried. Popcorners. You're an artist. Actually, Jesse, it's just basic ingredients. No, we don't eat our own supply. <laughs> Mr. White! Jesse. Everyone's going to want to taste. And I know just the guy to talk to. What are these? We call them popcorners. Say their name. <laughs> popcorners! Type! 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 How much of this stuff do you have? We've got six signature flavors, y'all. Seven! You make seven! <laughs> seven works. Yeah. Popcorners. Break into something good. You know what I think? We're going to was... eat a lot of snacks together. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was my favorite, too. Uh, I don't even remember what my favorite of the first half was. I had a favorite picked, but once I saw that one, it, it became my second favorite. Well, and the, uh, the interesting thing was, for those people who did not watch Breaking Bad, I mean, that steals from one of the scenes yeah. of Breaking Bad and not only steals from it but does a fantastic job in uh stealing from it and uh, I just yeah, I just going to say it's almost like it was the same yeah, guys just just loved it, it. it was um they are saying Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul says that's it they're not going to do their they're characters anymore they're not going to reprise their roles uh for anything in the future now they had um done for the uh other show what was the uh, um their lawyer had a show. Oh, um, Better Call Saul. Better Call Saul. Yeah. They had reprisal roles in Better Call Saul, but they said that this will be the last time that they will... Uh, there was a rumor at some point that, there was, Mr. White. that there was going to be a, another prequel. But 
the older they get, the more a prequel seems yeah, unlikely. Seems a little hard to to do. I guess with technology these days, um, might be a possibility because that's what they're doing for Indiana Jones. Is they're using technology to de-age him. Is that the correct term? De-age. Make him look younger, te- technological-wise, because he is 80 years old. I don't think Indiana Jones would be able to take a punch anymore. You know, the trailer for that looked better than the, the previous, uh, the, you know, the fourth Indiana Jones movie. Fourth Indiana Jones movie sucked. Well, yeah, that's probably why. <laughs> KVO, that's my personal opinion. Uh, if you don't agree with me, f- feel free to call me when, out. When you bring aliens into it, it's like, yeah, I don't know. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Time for another check on sports. Brought to you by Pork Belly and Cuna. Don't forget to follow Pork Belly on Facebook. You can get in on some of their specials or daily specials by becoming a follower on Facebook. Very easy to do. And then get out there for breakfast. They're open in 15 minutes. Good morning. I think the chances are pretty good that you watched the big game yesterday. Not everybody did, but it sure was a good game. It started with the Eagles getting on the scoreboard and the Chiefs coming right back. Mahomes in the pocket, floats a pass near side, Kelsey over the shoulder, he's got the catch, he's got the touchdown! Kansas City, a beautifully thrown ball as Mahomes to Kelsey, 18 yards officially, and the 14th time that Patrick Mahomes has found Travis Kelsey for a postseason touchdown second in National Football League history. You really couldn't have been a better game. 35-35, headed down to the final moments of the game, and here was the final call. Clock is going to be out of time, and the pass is going to be underthrown! It's incomplete! It's incomplete! Everyone, everyone who claims the Chiefs Kingdom will raise a banner above the National Football League again for the second time in four seasons. The Lombardi Trophy has a red and gold reflection, a big red reflection. The Chiefs are champions of Super Bowl 57. There you have it. Eagles played a terrific game. They really did. 38-35, the final score. Kansas City gets Patrick Mahomes his second Super Bowl win, third overall for the franchise. I'm Rick Worthington. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. I have to say, um, one of the top star-spangled performances that I have seen in the years that I've watched. Not as good as Whitney Houston's yet, um, but very, very good. Man, He Chris Stapleson yeah. just has an amazing voice. And this one was not lip-synced. No. Um, you know that you've got something special when the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles has tears yeah, streaming down sure his did, face. Yeah, um, other football players' uh, tears in their eyes, but I mean, his tears were streaming down yeah. his face as Chris Stapleton's like, performing the uh, two, two separate lines from the Star Spangled Banner. Yeah, 
So, um, very good. He did a, a very, very good job last night. Love that. Um, halftime show, I, I'm a fan of Rihanna. I like her, I like her music, so I, I liked it. I don't know if I could have done what she did, being up, um, what, hundreds of feet in the air, but I did like, kind of like the, the stages that they performed on going up and down. It looked kind of cool, yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing, as far as we know, this is the first time any baby has performed at the Super Bowl because <laughs> she was confirmed to be pregnant last oh, oh, night. she was confirmed? Yeah. Okay. Her people... Uh, yeah, you could kind of tell. She confirmed. Had, she had the bump and then there were other things that were larger. Yeah. Well, and the people people were going, wait, she just had a baby. Is this yeah. baby weight or is she pregnant again? Her people confirmed that, yes, she is pregnant again. And then you saw the hashtag best pregnancy announcement ever. <laughs> The only, the only better way you could have done is if, uh, my, I can't remember one of our family members as we were watching it, if they would have had a gender reveal during at, the, Super at the Super Bowl. Bowl yeah, yeah, it would have been kind of cool. So, um, Your thoughts on uh, some of the ads, if you want, thoughts on the Super Bowl, uh, please feel free. Um, one of the ads, and I did not see this one. I think I was probably saying goodbye to our people who were leaving, but this ran after the Super Bowl, and now that I've had a chance to see it, um, it's actually really, really good. It's called premature electrification. <laughs> so I was thinking that wasn't exactly family friendly, but then it occurred to me that they're, they're basically t- you could interpret that that they were only talking about electric cars, and they were only talking about electric cars. But it was done in a very funny and unique it, way. It, it was a bit clever, yes. And the crazy thing about it is, it is the number one complaint that people have with electric vehicles is they don't last. Stop, start, stop, start. Um, that was very good, and I hadn't had a chance to see it until this morning. So that one, that one moves into my top five. It was crazy to think this is where we are these days. Yeah, there, there have you know been ads for commercials. Now there was a, a local commercial, of course. I'm not talking about the local commercials um, for pickup trucks because Kellen Moore. And the ad for Lithia, Lithia Ford. Mm-hmm. Um, you had him and uh, what's his name from uh, Dallas? The uh, oh, I just forgot his the linebacker from Dallas. Oh, Van Der Esch. Yeah, Van Der Esch and uh, Justin Herbert were in that ad. I'm not talking about that from the, ad. From the Chargers. Yeah. Um, but nationally, the Super Bowl ads, not one ad for any vehicle that was not an electric vehicle, mm-hmm. which I found very there, there interesting. Were, uh, a couple of ads for Jesus that were pretty good, too. Yeah. Um, your thoughts on some of your favorite ads, if you want to weigh in. Um, the E-Trade Baby ad, I thought was very good. The E-Trade Babies are back. 
Uh, Will Ferrell, the uh, GM oh, Electric yeah. Vehicle. That, that one was funny. Um, using different Netflix shows, Army of the Dead, Squid Game, <laughs> Stranger Things, uh, I thought was very good, where he turned into a... Uh, you kill me. I mean, you actually kill me. <laughs> where he turns into a zombie um, at the end, I thought was uh, very good. Uh, another one that I thought was, was pretty funny um, was the Dunkin' Donuts ad. Did you remember that one? No, it refreshed my memory. Ben Affleck, Jennifer Lopez, starring oh, the yeah, Dunkin' Oh, yeah, 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 where he was working at, at, at Dunkin'. Yeah. yeah, here's a short clip from that. Welcome to Dunkin', a new special. Dunkin' run, medium or large coffee, get a donut for an incremental dollar. Well, well, like, how can it be this inexpensive and well, good? Cream, no sugar. I'm just going to have to just give you ten munchkins. Do I look familiar? Oh. <laughs> what are you doing here? Me, if I Is like, this what you do when you say you want to work all day? <laughs> I, I gotta go, guys. <laughs> Grab me a glaze. <laughs> yeah, that was clever, too. That was, that was pretty good. Um, the two dudes at a bar uh, got in a huge fight over whether they were doing an ad for Miller Lite or Coors Light. Oh, yeah, that was good. Ended up being an ad for Blue Moon. That was, And, of course, all three of those are owned by the same company now. Yeah. And then another surprising one that I, I ended up really liking because I couldn't figure out what it was going on, and it was so creepy where the large rabbits were grabbing people and throwing them down holes. Oh, the rabbit hole thing. Yeah. yeah. For, it's like, check check out the... T- and, it was, and it was for Tubi? Tubi, yeah. Have you ever watched Tubi? Um, I have it on my... All my TVs are on it. Um, it's a, just a free TV service. Yeah, just, um, yeah so it's... It's fairly basic, actually. Yeah, I, I've watched it. It's free. Uh, so I thought I couldn't figure out what it was, but it was so creepy. And then they started going down the hall. Like, what is it? It's like you got thrown down a rabbit hole. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, that's good. And you'll find more rabbit holes down that rabbit hole. <laughs> Want to share two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pounds six seventy on Verizon Wireless? Uh, what do you think about the game too? You want to weigh in on that? Mike at KBOI.com. Chris at KBOI.com. Time for another check on what's going on with sports. There's other sports out there today. Brought to you by Pork Belly in Kuna, the place to go for breakfast, lunch, and din- uh, dinner if you have an early dinner. They're only open till 2 every day. Keep that in mind. They are open now. Just opened up at 7 o'clock. Make the drive out. You will not be sorry. Check out their menu, PorkBellyIdaho.com. The Boise State men's basketball team picked up a big victory on Saturday night, 75-63 over Wyoming. But the Broncos will remain a game and a half behind the Aztecs. With more, here's Bob Beeler. The Broncos dominated, never trailing. They out-rebounded the Cowboys 34-19, and all five starters were in double figures. Tyson Degenhardt had 20, Najee Smith 18, and Marcus Shaver Jr. 17. 75 points scored by the Broncos were all scored by starters. And Coach Rice said post-game that concerns him. It's huge concern, and I wish I could do something more about it. <laughs> sure. And you know, but they, they, you know, it's on those guys. They gotta, they want to play, but they gotta do stuff. Boise State will travel to Colorado State for their next game Wednesday. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. A look at what happened on Friday night. Air Force is surprising, eighty-nine seventy-seven victory over New Mexico. Nevada also with a home victory over Fresno State, 77-66. The Aztecs beat UNLV 82-71 on Saturday night. San Jose State with a surprising victory. They got a home win over Utah State, 69-64. I'm Rick Worthington. Time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. Well, ahead of the opening here in about eight or nine minutes, 
looking like we're going to be opening pretty much flat across the uh, board. Uh, this was after a week, not so great a week as of last week. As a matter of fact, was it standard and poor, one of the worst weeks we've had in quite a while. Um, and then this week, it looks like we're going to have another busy week and get a look at news coming out and whether or not the stock market is going to be good or bad based on some of that news. True. Yeah, I mean, carrying over from last week, um, overall for the year, it's obviously been positive performance. So year to date, NASDAQ is up 12%. S&P 500 is up over 6.5%. Dow Jones is up over 2%. So if we're looking at for the rally that we've seen in January going into February still being sustained. However, saw a little bit of weakness last week because we saw the worst week last week. Uh, period end of story for the year we have the nasdaq down almost two and a half percent so now we fast forward to today futures market is basically flat like you said and it is a slew of economic data and earnings that will likely move the markets to the upside or the downside we have consumer price index that will be released tomorrow we have retail sales that will be released wednesday and then we also have the producer price index which is another gauge of inflation which bill which will be released thursday now in between all that economic data we have some very notable companies reporting earnings as that as that engine continues to trudge on we have coca-cola cisco i mean it's across the board you have some technology names to include roblox you have Kraft Heinz. So you have a mix of these technology companies, some consumer staple stocks. Um, it kind of cr- crosses a board of sectors. And overall, you know, for the most part, earnings for the fourth quarter hasn't disappointed. Now you could argue that the forward-looking guidance going into the near the near future for the next six months to the year, eh, the, the sentiment's been a little bit down. But I, I think most eyes are going to be set on the inflation data because that has been the narrative of, of basically last year carrying to this year. And if we see that consumer price index coming a little bit hotter than anticipated, that could weigh down on on U.S. equities certainly going into the uh, going into this week. Any um, news on, I mean, I, I know it doesn't come out till later in the week, consumer price index tomorrow. Um, are we seeing anything leaning one way or the other? Well, economists, basically economists are anticipating that the headline number to stay relatively, basically to grow at a small clip, right? But where we're looking at, well, the head, sorry, let me rephrase that. The headline number, we're expecting that to increase a little bit because we touched on this last week. You're starting to see gas prices go up a bit. So that'll likely reflect in that CPA number. If you look at the core inflation number, which strips out the cost of food and the cost of energy, they're anticipating that to continue that trending down month over month. So again, that the, the CPI has been almost the, um, <laughs> the, the main stage month over month of what's moved the markets either way, in addition to some Fed speak. So again, the Federal Reserve has been very specific about they're, they're going to be data dependent, where we're going to have some very important data coming out Tuesday. And we don't want to sleep on the producer price index that's going to be released on Thursday, because again, that measures inflation at the whole price level. So, level. so we're, gonna, we're getting it from both ends. But largely, economists are not anticipating anticipating a huge swing but remember what economists were anticipating for the jobs yeah. number we, we saw that we saw that number <laughs> they, double they only so missed it, that yeah by it, a whole exactly bunch. yep so even though economists had their expectations set it could clearly go the other way all right we'll uh, keep an eye on things here looking like the uh, nasdaq is going to open up about 60 points to the good here in a few minutes uh dow and standard and poor up just very slightly we'll get an update from you in about an hour talk to you again tomorrow morning thanks gents Download the 670 KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 
three incidents in less than a week after that Chinese spy balloon was shot down off the Carolina coast. But a senior U.S. official saying these three are different from that spy balloon. None appear to have a payload and all are smaller. Now intensive search efforts underway. Recovery teams in Alaska using Navy P-8 planes and helicopters as officials scramble to recover and analyze those objects. What a senior official told me late last night was that even though these latest objects have yet to be recovered, they feel confident they were not spy balloons, but rather some sort of meteorological balloon, although officially the administration is not even calling them balloons at this point, just unidentified objects. Hmm. So the amount of details that we've, we've learned so far is relatively small. Makes you wonder... I mean, is the United States even aware of our own balloons that might be flying? Or They're not even calling them balloons, as I said. A U.S. fighter jet shot down a high-flying object above Lake Huron yesterday afternoon as it flew near a sensitive military site. The shoot-down, which came on President Joe Biden's order, the latest an unusual series of aerial phenomenons that have happened over the last week. Mm-hmm. 2.42 Eastern Time, the F-16 launched yeah, we, a heat-seeking AIM-9X missile. We go forever without shooting anything down and then, like, what, four times in a week? At the unidentified object flying at around 20,000 feet above the Great Lake. This is the one that we talked about a little bit earlier this morning. It had a hexagon shape. Yeah. Which we decided is six sides. Six sides. General Glenn uh, Van Hurt, commander of U.S. Northern Command and the North American Aerospace Defense Command, NORAD, when asked if this could be aliens involved, said, we haven't ruled out anything. They haven't ruled ruled out aliens yet. They have not ruled out aliens. Oh, fantastic. The Pentagon is now trying to obtain debris from each of the four shootdowns in the past week in an effort to learn more about the crafts that have been penetrating North American airspace, which seems like all of a sudden like this. This is why you have to be you have to be careful what you wish for or what you pray for, because some people I'm sure have been praying for something to make this world come together as one. And of course an alien an alien invasion probably would do that. If they would ever share the information that it actually was an alien. I mean, look at look at all the stuff that goes on at Area fifty one and the federal government hiding all that information. It'd be funny if they just gave you know giving a regular briefing and said, oh, by the way, those were aliens. <laughs> yeah. And then you'd be, oh, I don't believe them. We're doomed. This is another thing that we brought up um, here when the China balloon was flying over the United States. When we eventually shot that balloon down, we uh, had mentioned it's like, you know, we're complaining about China doing this. Do we know for a fact that the U.S. isn't doing the same thing? Take a listen. China now accusing the U.S. of flying more than 10 surveillance balloons into Chinese airspace last year. A foreign ministry spokesperson saying, quote, it is not uncommon for U.S. balloons to frequently take the opportunity to carry out close-up reconnaissance against China. But they didn't offer any further details of the alleged U.S. incursions. The Chinese spokesperson on Monday sidestepped questions over reports that China was also preparing to shoot down a flying object off the coast. The the strange thing about this is you you would think that you would have heard China complaining about this way before. 
Is this just a response to, hey, China has balloons flying over. We shot one down. It's like, oh, yeah? Yeah, were well, they? so do you guys. Were we, they we, just, saw, we saw 20 of them last year. Were we all just okay with it before then? I, yeah, that's what I don't know. And, and like I said, here when, when we shot down the Chinese balloon, I said, you wait. We're going to find out either they're going to complain about us having Chinese balloons or that we actually do have balloons flying over China. I don't know if that's true or not. It's just, it's weird that all of a sudden, within a two-week period after never having shot anything down over the United States airspace, we've now shot down four UAPs. KBOI News Time 745, time for a final check on sports again this morning. Lots more sports happening, of course, because we have Bronco Monday coming up, where we'll talk about the latest uh, games with uh, Boise State. But right now, this update brought to you by Pork Belly in Cuna, the place to go for breakfast or lunch or brunch. Check out their menu, porkbelly.com. Also, don't forget to follow them on Facebook. You can get in on their daily specials. It really couldn't have been a much better game yesterday. The Philadelphia Eagles getting things started. They went right down the field and scored on the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs came right back and scored on them. Then the Eagles scored again, and the Chiefs scored again. And yeah, if you took the over yesterday, you did pretty well. But what about the winner. Well, it came down to the final minutes of the game. Two-minute warning drill. The Chiefs got it done. Townsend will hold it. 11 seconds left in Super Bowl 57. 35-35 tie. The kick is good. And Kansas City leads 38-35 with eight seconds to go in regulation in Super Bowl 57. Well, the Eagles, they had an opportunity. Not a great one. They did try to throw the Hail Mary pass. It was incomplete. And that's how it goes. The Kansas City Chiefs, Super Bowl champions. And after the game, Travis Kelsey, he had a lot of good things to say about his quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. Toughest son of a gun you ever you ever met, man. That Texas, that Texas gunslinger ain't going to let nothing get in the way. What else could I say? I was really impressed with the game. The darn thing was close the whole time. Kansas City comes back to win in the second half. Congratulations to him. A 38-35 victory for the Kansas City Chiefs over the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm Rick Worthington. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Secretary of State Antony Blinken says in addition to the Chinese spy balloon over the U.S., China was also spying on other countries. He says the U.S. is sharing its findings. Senior administration officials are on the Hill this week, and we already shared information with dozens of countries around the world, both from Washington and through our embassies. We're doing so because the United States was not the only target of this broader program, which has violated the sovereignty of countries across five continents. The U.S. Coast Guard continues its search and recovery of fragments from the balloon's payload that was shot down. A UFO was shot down over Lake Huron yesterday. We have a description of what it looks like. The unidentified object first confirmed above the Great Lake on Sunday afternoon, about 1 p.m. Pacific time. It has been confirmed by United States officials that this was the same UFO that was discovered over Montana Last night, not the one that caused the airspace above Lake Michigan to be restricted by the Federal Aviation Administration. So apparently two UFOs, or UAPs as the government likes to call them, unidentified aerial phenomena. Ah, that's totally different. Regardless if it was the same object or another, 
of the many that have appeared recently appears to have been traveling at an altitude of some 20,000 feet was considered to be a threat to civilian air traffic. The uh, senior Pentagon reporter Louis Martinez of ABC News reports that the uh, octagonal UFO over Lake Huron did not appear to have weapons payload, but did have some kind of dangling strings and surveillance equipment on it. (laughs) The Pentagon has issued a statement on the subject and nature of the object. Here's their quote. Based on its flight path and data, we can reasonably connect this object to the radar signal picked up over Montana, which flew in proximity to a sensitive Department of Defense sites. The UFO was shot down over Lake Huron. It's one of a number of reported in the last several days, including four cylindrical aircraft over North America, at least three of which were shot down over the Yukon and are apparently in the process of trying to be recovered. Wow. So we know for sure there were no people in any of these ships? We don't know that. I mean, we don't know anything. Yeah, you're right, we don't. People? Aliens? A similar fifth UFO was reported over... The Shandong area of China was shot down by the Chinese government. Most recent confirmation of a UFO caused American F-16 to be scrambled over the Canadian government to to restrict airspace. All of a sudden, is this weird? Is it strange? Is it UFOs like aliens? I mean, up until the Chinese air balloon was shot down, the United States had never shot down anything over United States (laughs) airspace. And now we have four, and here, four times. Yeah, and now all of a sudden, is is this the thing that we have been seeing in movies for decades? I mean, and all what, of a sudden, what are we so, supposed to believe? Nobody ever looked up before. That's what it's so weird. I mean, it's not like NORAD didn't exist before last week, right? Yeah, they're the ones who always track Santa Claus. It's not like we didn't have military watching our skies before last week so why why is this all of a sudden really good point or is it all of a sudden maybe it's been going on and the government just has been you know there are, are the conspiracy theorists that say this has been going on for you know over a century we just yeah. d- didn't know about it because the government doesn't share anything like this they just haul them all to area 51 and call it good i mean the <laughs> As, as far as we know, you know, we we make we make fun of it, but it does beg the question: What the hell's going on? All of a sudden, that's a good general question. I mean, you've you've got four of these things just in the United States. Canada has reported different unidentified aerial phenomena flying over their airspace. You've got at least four or five other sightings across other parts of the world that have all happened within the last two weeks. Mm. More questions than answers on this. I'm sure this is not going to be the final thing that we talk about or hear about. Um, it would it would be interesting to see, hear the president at least comment on this, possibly what's going on, give a briefing, because as of right now, there are a lot of questions that I think a lot of Americans have on what these Unidentified aerial phenomena really are. At 670 KBOI on Alexa, first say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 
Well, the stock market's been open for a little over half an hour, and it looked like we were going to be opening up flat. But as of right now, up 186 points on the Dow. All three of the indexes are up. I think they're setting us up for tomorrow's CPI report. I, I just yeah, I get that possibly. feeling. They're setting us up. There are um, a lot of companies reporting this week, Coca-Cola among them, and uh, some tech companies, things like that, going to be reporting their earnings. Just hit 200. If it gets to 201, sell. Uh, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to get through, you can also email us. Um, John and Meridian emails. Hey, Mike, stop calling it what it isn't. UAP my butt. No, it's not called a UAP my butt. That would it's be, a UFO. Don't would fall be, for the government BS. That would be UAPMB. Yeah. Um, look, at whether whether it's a unidentified flying object or an unidentified aerial, aerial phenomenon, both of them are a little concerning, and I don't care what they call it. I want to know what the hell they are. See, an unidentified aerial phenomenon sounds like some weather you haven't seen before. Which probably could fit into that, right? I suppose so. If it, you know, you, if you pick out something up on radar and it happens to be you know, a, a weather system and not necessarily anything that's actually flying either you know, from China, the U.S., or an alien... You've, you've picked up something on radar that cannot be explained. Yeah. There we go. There you go. Um, Daniel writes in, Mike, at KBY.com. Don't know if you guys saw the Tucker Carlson piece about China. An official in China clarified that China has high-ranking people at the top of the United States government helping them to accomplish their goals. I seriously doubt that this would implicate anybody, but it does shed light and that everybody... Suspicions are correct about Biden and his son. There is also a report of Chinese spy that slept with an American politician. I honestly believe that our country has been sold out by the man in the Oval Office. I never did hear a single caller that would tell me three things that Biden has done to benefit me as a Republican living in the West Central Idaho area. I had not heard that report. I had not heard that either. Mike in Boise, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning. I don't know if you noticed the Idaho Press this weekend had a big front page story about the Department of Health and Welfare uh, had sponsored the, I guess it's the gay pride thing at the Capitol. Yeah, they were one of the uh, one of the sponsors of the. Yeah. And and my my question is, not taking sides on any of the, what the the subject is, but what is the state of Idaho using taxpayer dollars to sponsor? Any event, whether it's the gay pride thing, whether it's uh, pro-abortion, anti-pro-life, uh, uh, Second Amendment. I mean, sponsorships is what private corporations give money to different things. What are tax dollars being used? And I was hoping some reporter might ask that question. Well, what other things is the state of Idaho giving money out to certain causes as sponsors, yeah, if, I, if you sponsor I, I something, if you sponsor something, you, you usually do so for uh, commercial purposes, you know, to, to get your name out there. And why does the Department of Health and Welfare need publicity? Yeah, they they don't need any publicity, but somebody made a decision to give my dollars away to a certain cause. And again, my my concept is is doesn't matter how some of those causes are close to my heart. No, you don't use tax dollars on that type of thing. And I hope the governor's office looks into that of 
What other agencies are giving money away? I think they're obviously looking a little bit into it because they told them to stop sponsoring. (laughs) They pulled their their sponsorship and said that uh, in the future they're not going to be sponsoring anymore. So I think at least for that particular item. So you don't think that they should sponsor anything, whether it's a 4th of July parade, nothing. The federal government taxpayers' dollars should not go to sponsoring anything. You know, a 4th of July parade might be the exception. Uh, but, you know, I just think there's somewhere we've got to say stop to giving away money. You have people in office that want to give money away. Why don't they give their own away if they feel that strong about it? Uh, that's what I've always said on charities. <laughs> if you feel that strong, open up your own wallet. Don't give the money away of the corporation all the time. Well, anyway, Some, that, some, some government leaders just, think that uh, that taxpayer dollars is their own money, unfortunately. Oh, and they like to spend it, oh, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you, if you don't spend it, you might lose it. <laughs> Take care. Thanks for the call. Thanks for the thoughts. Uh, bye. It's good thoughts. Um, you know, I, I kind of agree with him in a certain sense that maybe our tax dollars shouldn't be sponsoring any of these things, that it can be better spent in other areas. I well, mean, we do have a surplus of money, but we're supposed to be using that on, you know, whatever the legislature ends up deciding. Yeah. We'll take a uh, break here. We'll talk more about this after top of the hour. If you want to talk about uh, the UFOs or UAPs who were shot down over the last week or so, it seems really weird that all of a sudden we're being infiltrated by something. We don't know if they're, what they are as of yet. They're, the military is doing a very specific job of not calling any of the items that were shot down over the last week after the Chinese balloon was shot down. They're doing. They're being very careful to not call them balloons, which seems a little strange. I don't know if that means they don't know well, what they are every, or they're not balloons. Yeah, you know, like Chuck Grassley, for instance, he was uh, briefed on the whole thing and he referred to them as balloons. Well, they the military who said in a press conference last week on Friday um, was specifically saying these are not balloons. We're not calling them balloons, and in the press conference, and then went on 45 times within that press conference to call them balloons. And every time he called them balloons, the press would laugh and go, I'm sorry, it's hard not, I apologize, I made a mistake, um, but we are not what are they supposed calling to call them, them balloons. Those thingies we shot down. Yeah, so um, specifically saying that they weren't balloons and then calling it a balloon like 45 times in that press conference was a little bit strange so I, I i don't know if he just made a mistake or if he has been briefed and they are balloons but was told not to say they were balloons i don't know there's a lot of questions here that we have we'll take a break coming up uh, bottom of the hour of course we are going to be talking about bronco basketball back on the winning streak everybody looked like they were healthy in the latest game over the weekend a big win with a big crowd against wyoming and bob beeler will be with us for bronco monday we'll take a break here coming up after bronco uh, sports today we will give you a chance at the casper and chris damn near impossible question 50 dollar gift certificate to bob's restaurant in nampa that's coming up right after this ben shapiro this afternoon at one now back to mike casper and chris walton this is casper and chris live and local on news talk kboi 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. It is the damn near impossible question brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silver Hawk Realty. Any and all needs for your real estate, whether it's buying, selling, or investing, call today, 208-888-4128. 
Got a Bob's Restaurant gift certificate up for grabs, valued at $50. That'll feed uh, quite a few people, as a matter of fact. Bob's has some great food at great prices. Ellen is going to get first crack at it today. has to do with uh, Super Bowls in the past. Ellen, what team has played in multiple Super Bowls but has never, ever held a lead in any one of the games that they've played in? Um, I think, I'm not sure, but I'll say uh, the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills would be a very good guess. However, that is not correct. Keep on trying, okay? Yeah, they've they've been in four and lost all four of them, but they did lead at some point. Uh, Rick, what team has played multiple Super Bowls, never, ever held a lead? The Vikings. Minnesota Vikings, yes! They have played in four Super Bowls. This is crazy. You've played in four Super Bowls, and you have never, ever, ever held the lead in any one of the Super Bowls, which is hard to do. All four of those were in the 70s, and they haven't played in one since. Yep. So congratulations, Rick. You've got a $50 gift certificate. Bob's Restaurant in Nampa. They're just off the freeway and next to uh, Shiloh Inn. We've been there multiple times for the hometown breakfast. You're going to love it. Stay on the line. We'll get some information. That's our prize pack for the rest of the week. Don't worry if you didn't get in this morning. Try and win that $50 gift certificate. We'll have chances for you throughout the rest of the week. Hang on. Coming up. We've got news coming up at the bottom of the hour. And then it is Bronco Monday. Bob Beeler will be with us. We'll talk about... The uh, last week's games with Boise State, including the latest win over the weekend. And how is the Mountain West shaping up? There were some surprise losses, shall we say, and surprise wins, proving that it's difficult to win on the road in this conference. We'll talk about uh, all the games in the past week and what to expect this coming week with the Boise State Broncos here on News Talk KBOI. This is Bronco Monday. Shaver, step back three. He got it. We'll discuss the most recent Boise State game and discuss the upcoming schedule. Now here's Mike Casper, Chris Walton, and the voice of the Broncos, Bob Bob Beeler. Bronco Monday, 839, 29 degrees in downtown Boise. Bob Beeler back with us again to talk about another week as we start to wind down the season. We've got just a few weeks before we'll uh, enter Mountain West Championship uh, play. Boise State uh, still looking pretty good. There's been uh, some surprises over the uh, last week. The uh, one thing, though, probably not a big surprise to everybody, and especially those who went to the game, which, by the way, huge crowd, or watched it or listened to it here on News Talk KBOI. What a difference Marcus Shaver makes. (laughs) Well, he came back and uh, looked like, his he looked old good. Self. Yeah. He looked good. He, he moved good. As, as good as I've seen him probably move for about a month. Yeah, well, I mean, you look right away. He gets a, a, a basket early in the game, and then he has a couple of baskets where he gets a couple of threes. And, you know, you just felt from the get go that Marcus Shaver was mm-hmm. going to contribute. And now I know Wyoming is depleted and isn't as good a team as you know was expected. They were picked second. Boise State was picked third. But, you know, when you lose the preseason player of the year, hasn't played a game. Your three transfers from Southern California don't work out, and then you lose your next top scorer this past week. A little bit tough, but they've got some guys that can play. And, you know, uh, I, I thought it was a good win, but uh, and we'll hear from Coach Rice in the next segment. Still, uh, to me, the thing that's a bit concerning, I mean, what performances by all five starters all were in double figures, but no points off the bench, and that's, yeah, that's troublesome. That's troublesome. Some fun, um, some fun dunks. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Um, the guy who really impressed I mean, you can say there's people that impressed you up and down the whole starting five. I mean, they didn't even need um, Rice for this game. I mean, he he played solid, but, I mean, he didn't uh, do anything spectacular. Najee Smith, 
um, watching him up both sides, offense and defense, and how he played. Um, just spectacular. I thought maybe one of the best games he's played this year. And he does all the little stuff for Boise State. He's that guy that gets on the ground. Um, his defense is great. His rebounding was great. And that dunk from the pass from Dagenhart underneath the basket, that backwards dunk was just awesome. Well, he had uh, 10 rebounds in the game, five at the offensive end, finished with 18 points. It was his first career double-double. And it's funny, you know, now that we're in the second half of the conference season where people are playing teams for the second time, he had big games against Wyoming both times, so they had trouble matching up with him. He had 18 in each game. Had more rebounds in this game. Though. He's he's fun. He, he looks so uncoordinated, but he's so fun to watch. I, I think uncoordinated is not the right word, but I think unorthodox. I, mean, I think unorthodox maybe is maybe the right word. And I don't mean uncoordinated in a bad way. Right. It's just like he's all over the place. But I think it's because he's all over the place mm-hmm. uh, on as much as he hustles. Well, he, I, you never see him not hustling. Well, and you look at what Smith and Max Rice have been able to do this season and their improvements. Yeah. They were solid backups, and that's really what this team lacks. There is nobody that comes off the bench that you just know what you're going to get from them. You knew you were going to get some shooting last year from Max Rice off the bench and some good passing, and you knew you were going to get energy and maybe some scoring from Smith. But Smith averaged five points last year, I think three rebounds, and Rice was four and three. So, you know, they really didn't have mm-hmm. a lot of totals. Both of these guys are in the teens regularly on scoring this season, so they have definitely, definitely stepped up. There was an, an an odd situation kind of late in the game where Boise State received three technical fouls. And f- from my point of view, it didn't look like they actually committed any. Well, I think that they called – I thought it was two. And then yeah, there it was, was two, one, one for, on... for Wyoming. Oh, okay. Yeah, Wyoming – the Wyoming kid had to steal and went in. And I right. think this was just a, a matter of frustration. Max Rice tried to steal the ball. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think it was a dirty play. No, maybe, maybe, I mean, he went for the ball. Maybe he kind of crossed that, in front of him. Actually. Maybe at that stage of the game, you're up 20. Maybe you just let the guy go in and you don't do it. But but Max Rice was well within his rights to do it, to do mm-hmm. what he did on that play. But Odin went to the to the rim, and and I think he took exception with it. And I think that's probably because he's, you're losing. You've had a bad season, so he should have gotten a technical. And he's and the then, only one that pushed or did yeah. anything, which is weird to so see. I, I figured, and then and then the other technical they said was against Milner, who didn't look like he did anything, but you wonder what was said. So in the end, I guess when there's three technicals called, the team that is the beneficiary of two of them gets to shoot two. Yeah. Because Wyoming shot two. Boise State didn't shoot. It wasn't yeah. like, and then all right, got- Wyoming, we're going to let you shoot four. And Boise State's going to shoot two. That's kind of what I thought maybe was going to happen, but it was two for Wyoming, and I don't know. It was bizarre. I think it kind of helped Wyoming close the game on a bit of a run, and a twenty-point game became twelve. Which, by the way, covered the spread. <laughs> I wasn't uh, thinking of that. I was. I, was I know. I know. You the, conspiracy no, no, no. theory. I know you don't no, 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 that. No, but what I was thinking yeah. of was they make so much of the net computer rankings. Mm-hmm. Does a twenty-point win help you in the computers? A lot more than a twelve point. Yeah, it win. very possibly could. Yeah, I know you don't deal in the spread and no, all that sort of no, thing. You guys don't no, but you worry know, about that. But still, yeah, I just, no, I, but, I, but I you know, Abe, Abe and I did discuss on the game that the not the spread in the betting spread, right? But the spread in the computers right. because yeah. that's how they judge teams as far as as far as that goes. There were some surprises uh, in the Mountain West, and 
Utah State, who had looked really, really good, all of a sudden lost two games last yeah. week. Well, they lost one to San Diego State at home, which I guess probably wasn't that it, much yeah, of a surprise. That one's not the surprise. The, the one that was a surprise, though, even though this, we've talked about this all year, about how hard it is to win on the road, yeah. um, San Jose State. And, and Boise State, is this is something Boise State is going to have to start paying attention to as they start to go on the road to some of these lower echelon. You can't give you know let up even a little bit. Or you're going to suffer what Utah State did last and, week. And Friday night, Air Force beats New Mexico. Yeah. Saturday, San Jose State. Now, San Jose State is the most improved team in the league. They're sitting at 6-6. Six and six, And I don't know who holds the tiebreaker. But they're in a tie with New Mexico for fifth in the last bye in the conference tournament. San Jose State has never had a bye. San Jose State has never had a winning record in the Mountain West since they've been in. I don't know how far we have to go back for a winning conference record, but they've got a chance at it this year. Well, and the other strange thing when you look at it is New Mexico looks so strong at the beginning of the year mm-hmm. and now have dropped a number of games and are in you know yeah. possibility of not even get a buy in the first round if they uh, don't close things out for uh, the rest of the season. And they also may have played their way out of the you know at large pool yeah. for the NCAA. Yeah. Now, the Air Force game, they did not have Jalen House, who was one of their two big scorers. So that was a minus for them coming into the game. You know, you figure, you know, what Boise State looked like against San Diego State without Marcus Shaver Jr. Not having Jalen House would be the same. We'll take a break. Uh, When we come back, we're talking about the uh, latest game, uh, Boise State against Wyoming this past weekend. Uh, When we come back, we'll hear from the coach. Bronco Monday continues. Bob Beeler with us here on Newstalk KBOI. Now back to Bronco Monday on your flagship for Bronco basketball. News Talk KBOI. Bob Beeler with us once again for a Monday morning. It is Bronco Monday, and we're talking about the uh, Boise State's latest win this weekend with uh, Wyoming. We'll also look ahead to what's ahead in the coming week, too. Yeah, and as we look at uh, the Wyoming game, spoke with Coach Rice on the postgame show after the game and asked him, of course, to lead off the postgame show about Shaver's return, and of course he finished with 17 points and four rebounds and four assists. And Tyson Degenhardt, who was oh so consistent, 20 points, he made nine of 11 shots. The thing that I've been saying all year long is is Marcus and Tyson, the two of the best things they do is shoot the ball, and their numbers haven't caught up to how good of shooters they are. And you saw that, Marcus goes three for six from three tonight, and Tyson goes two for two. So, you know, their numbers are going to start trending in the right direction, and away we go. And then the bench has been a problem. 75 points for the Broncos, no points from the bench, all 75 from the five starters, and Coach Rice says he's concerned. It's huge concern, and I wish I could do something more about it. <laughs> sure. And you know, but they, they, you know, it's on those guys. They gotta, they want to play, but they gotta do stuff, and they gotta, you know. I thought Kobe did some nice things defensively. Uh, Lucas was a bit of a presence, but you know, step up and slow down and make your free throws instead of just dribbling and getting rid of it as quick as you can to miss it. You know, like he can make those free throws. I know he can, and you know, it's a mental thing. Those guys can help us more, and they need to help us more. And you know, um, their jobs are important, and they've got to go in and do those jobs to help this team for us to be a, a, a good team. And again, we talked a little earlier in this show that uh, the bench last year, Smith and Rice, were extremely, extremely reliable, and they've become even better this year as starters. I mean, Naj, 18 points, 10 rebounds. And, you know, I thought, especially in the first half, that when we made that run, our offensive rebounds were, were crucial in that run. And, and then 
you know, those guys are huge. But like you said, it's five guys right now that are getting 100% of the scoring. And we need we need those other guys for us to do what we want to do down the stretch. I mean, you, you know, the the I like a, a, to know my rotation. I like to, my rotation to be somewhat small. I really only play seven and a half guys. But those guys have to make a difference. And, they, and you know, I'm not saying they, they didn't do some good things, but they can do more, and they're good players, and they can, you know, we got to get them to do more. And we'll finish up with Tyson Degenhart. Roll this year has him playing inside on the post, and he really has become a tremendous scorer inside. His footwork's impeccable, and he just gets bigger guys off balance, and then he can take them out and shoot threes. He's just such a weapon, you know, and so efficient tonight, 9 for 11. And then, Did you see Tyson being as strong of an inside post player? Yeah, I did, because, you know, you got to remember we won that championship game. You, you remember that play? We drew up a play for him. He bounced Menza down, mm-hmm. about the defensive player of the year in the league, and scored. And, you know, if you can do that, you're a pretty good player. And again, that's Coach Rice post game talking about the win over Wyoming and how players are performing. The great thing about Dagenhart, he's only a sophomore. And here's a guy, unless I, I don't foresee him using the transfer portal, but he's not somebody that's going to leave for the NBA in year three or whatever. Um, he, he's just going to keep getting stronger and stronger. Just absolutely love his game. Yeah, and his game, as the coach said, versatile. I mean, he can take it inside. You know, has that left right where he kind of decides whether he's going to go to your left or to your yeah. right, and uh, he <laughs> plays great defense. He, and he does. He hustles. He's smart. He takes charges. I mean, you, you think about last year, the turning point in the season, and why they won the league. He was hardly playing at all about five or six games into the mm-hmm. season, and they decide to change the lineup up and put him into the lineup. Yeah. And this team has never looked back. Yeah. Fun game to watch um, coming up this coming week. What do you, you? I want you to say what you said about Colorado State because that's an interesting take, and we, yeah. it's something we've been well, talking about all year in the Mountain West. Well, my take is that do I expect Boise State to go down there and win? Yes. Do I think that uh, it'll happen or could happen that they could get beat? Absolutely. You have to be good, especially on the road. The biggest thing about this conference this year, and the reason why the net rankings are so good, is nobody in the league is two hundred or worse. Yeah. Everybody is in the one hundreds or in the in the you know right. in the double digits, right. and that's never happened before. It'll be interesting to uh, watch. We've got a couple of uh, weeks uh, yeah. left in the season. We'll uh, take a break here. When we come back, we'll look ahead uh, to what you're going to be hearing here on Newstalk KBOI uh, with Bob Beeler, and that's all coming up here next on Bronco Monday. Now back up Bronco Monday on your flagship for Bronco basketball. News Talk KDOI. 8.56. Nevada still looking good. San Diego State still looking good. And Boise State still looking good. Boise State still has everything in their own hands as of right now. Um, you know, they, they can sit there and really don't need help if they can just take care of business. Yeah, they would get a, at best, excuse me, at worst, they would get a tie for the regular season championship if they win out. They have three losses. San Diego State has two. And San Diego State has to come here in late February, so that would be a loss for them, which would give them three. Uh, this week at Colorado State, a little bit later tip. We'll tip at 8, so our pregame show Wednesday night will be at 7.30. Coach's show will be Thursday night down at 10 Barrel, beginning at 6 o'clock. And then this weekend, we got a Sunday game. We don't have many what? Sunday games, but it's going to be Sunday night at 7. 
Now Monday's a holiday, so uh, of next week. President's oh, okay, day. that's right. So, next so you week, and you, you and I and and Chris won't be talking next Monday. No, we'll be talking on next Tuesday. Tuesday. Okay. So the game is on Sunday against UNLV, and that'll be a seven o'clock start. We take a look at uh, other games this week in the conference. Uh, when, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, none of the contenders are meeting each other. Everybody's facing somebody from the bottom half of the league. And then over the weekend, I think the most interesting game is Nevada at Utah State. That could be a big game deciding you know, how the top of the bracket yeah. is going to be going. And it'll be a must-win for Utah State. Then out with their two yeah. losses, as you mentioned, five losses. So a Utah State win All right. could knock Nevada to a fourth loss, and that All wouldn't right. be impossible. Wrap things up for us here today. You'll be back again tomorrow. Bronco Tuesday. Our phone lines are open. 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Secretary of State Antony Blinken says in addition to the Chinese spy balloon over the U.S., China was also spying on other countries. He says the U.S. is sharing its findings. Senior administration officials are on the Hill this week, and we already shared information with dozens of countries around the world, both from Washington and through our embassies. We're doing so because the United States was not the only target of this broader program, which has violated the sovereignty of countries across five continents. The U.S. Coast Guard continues its search and recovery of fragments from the balloon's payload that was shot down. Strange how all of a sudden, U.S. have never shot down anything over U.S. airspace before, and then all of a sudden, now four in the uh, last two weeks, starting with the Chinese balloon. Brings up a lot of questions. Number one, it really does. have these things been up there the whole time? Have we just missed them this whole time? Number two, did we know about them and they just didn't annoy us until now? Or did we know about them and the government hid it from us? I mean, there's a <laughs> there, seriously, I mean, we make, we make fun of it, but I mean, there's a lot of questions here. Why all of a sudden? And the military is being very particular in saying that they're not calling the three other UAPs or UFOs, however you want to refer to them, um, being referred to as balloons. First one shot down, yes, was a balloon. Right now, the others are just being called unidentified aerial phenomenon or UFOs. Even the uh, general in charge of everything was asked, are, are these aliens? <laughs> Again, I'm just laughing, probably out of nervousness. General Glenn... Van Hurt, commander of U.S. Northern Command and Northern American Aerospace Defense Command, NORAD, when asked if aliens could be involved at this point, he says, we continue to assess every threat or potential threat unknown that approaches North America with an attempt to identify it. I'm not willing to rule out anything. He acknowledged that the military is also perplexed, which makes me nervous. (laughs) When the U.S. military is perplexed as to what these items are, that's a little disconcerting, don't you think? Just a tad, yeah. Or a lot. You know, I guess it would depend on when it comes to UFOs and whether or not they could be or might be alien or not. Depends on your definition uh, of what you think aliens are based on your context 
you know, if E.T. is where you get your alien influences from, you're probably perfectly fine with this because aliens are friendly. They just want to phone home. Yes. However, if you've seen some other alien movies and that's your context that it's coming from, this could be a little bit scary. Like War of the Worlds. There you go. I just watched that yesterday Independence Day. Yeah, I just watched War of the Worlds yesterday. The one with Tom Cruise. Very scary, yes. Very scary. Still a lot of questions and not a lot of answers coming out of the State Department or the Biden administration on what exactly these are. However, you have heard that, unfortunately, or I guess fortunately, most of these items that are being shot down, uh, we're sitting here watching it on MSNBC right Mm -hmm. now, lawmakers are demanding transparency from the government over the flying objects as of right now. Um, These items were shot down over areas that it's not easy to recover anything that's shot down for instance over lake huron the first balloon was shot down uh and we know it's a chinese balloon was shot down in the atlantic Atlantic ocean Ocean. i mean yeah um you know so uh, fortunately it was under 45 feet of water which is fairly shallow for the ocean so that was you know they're able to recover those items the other two shot down over the yukon so that's not an easy area to get to. No. To recover anything not a lot that's of people, shot down. Not a lot of people hitchhike through there. But your thoughts, if you want to weigh in, 208 336 3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. The one shot over Lake Huron happened uh, yesterday um, as a lot of people were preparing for their Super Bowl parties. Um, if you want to weigh in with your thoughts and what you think these are, please feel free to do that. You can also email Mike at KBOI.com, Chris at KBOI.com. We are taking your phone calls and emails, too. If you want to continue to weigh in, what was the best uh, Super Bowl commercial yesterday? Did anything stick out? Or was the whole thing underwhelming? Uh, one thing that I pointed out a little bit earlier this morning that was kind of surprising, uh, I guess just because in watching the Super Bowl past and present, You'd never seen this happen before. There were no advertisements yesterday for vehicles that were not electric vehicles. That's true. Which is which is a little bit strange in that electric vehicles are still a huge, huge minority of vehicles sold here in the United States. Compared to other years, weren't a lot for soda or beer either. No. Yeah, there weren't, and I was not super impressed with uh, M and M's, and I wasn't super impressed with the uh, Pepsi commercials either. Personally, the, the, the M and M's, I don't, I don't get that Maya thing. Yeah, uh, it, Maya's or whatever. Well, yeah, I, I think that was that whole thing where this was a long ranging um, campaign campaign that was put together. Remember that they pulled all the M and M commercials and all the. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, the different colors of, uh, characters that they were, right. um, right after the game yesterday because of how poorly the clam flavored M&Ms were, the Mayas, um, yeah. they pulled those and reinstated all the characters for the previous M&Ms that had been pulled two weeks ago. Gotcha. So I think it's just a, just was a huge campaign that, in my opinion, missed. Fell a little short. Fell a little short. Right. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's put it this way. Since yesterday, I haven't wanted to eat any m <laughs> Especially clam-flavored? <laughs> uh, Lee Joe, star, good morning. You're on Newstock KBOI. Hey, good. Hey, real quick on the balloons. Um, is there a possibility that there's a publicity stunt going on? You know, remember years ago. It's always a, a possibility. Yeah, I guess yeah. it's a possibility. That one in Colorado, you mean, with the kid? 
that wasn't even in the balloon? Well, that, uh, I'm talking about years ago. There, had, there was a bunch of uh, monoliths that showed up magically all over oh, the yeah, world. Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah, that too. So, um, <laughs> and your previous caller talking about health and welfare funding, using taxpayer money to, to fund Pride Fest and these things, we got to just follow the money on that one because that goes back to uh, um, the Idaho Association of Commerce and Industry lobbies, the state, former head of the of IACI is the governor, and they, they, IACI is as woke as they come, and, and their board members. Um, uh, oh, yeah, their philosophy is in. everyone has money. Yeah, and St. Luke's is a board member all the time, and St. Luke's funds all the, I mean, has the transgender children operations, and they have the, um, um, you know, and every every whatever it might be medically or health-wise, you know, and St. Luke's uh, sponsored the, the Pride Fest, and IACI sponsored the Pride Fest as well, so... And I don't, um, I don't have a problem with yeah, I mean, either one of those sponsoring yeah, Pride those Fest. Are, yeah, those are exactly. Yeah, but that's, but that's, but those two run the state government. You know, they lobby the state government to get their agenda passed, and so health and welfare goes and you know spends some money there um, because they are, they are lobbied to do so basically by IACI. Remember, in COVID, when the governor got all that money and refused to let the. Uh, let the legislature spend that money. The board member, the uh, his, his rubber stamp committee of mostly non-elected people was, you know, had St. Luke's president in it, and you know, just and a bunch of IACI um, bigwigs from you know from IACI uh, sponsored IACI companies, member companies. They are the ones that spent all that money, and you know, without any accountability. But so. So that's that's where that comes from. How does your tax-paying money get into the Pride Fest? Well, your IACI runs the government, therefore, and, and all those corporations, all those woke corporations, run IACI, and and it just filters down that uh, it has to that that the state follows kind of the policy that IACI wants it to follow, and that is to fund these uh, events so that St. Luke's can make more money. <laughs> And, uh, and uh, you know, it's, it's, it's rubbing each other's backs. That's so, question, the, question for you. Should the state government sure. be funding any sponsorships whatsoever? Uh, no, and that includes in the, uh, the 4th of July festival, or the 4th of July parade. That's always been a privately uh, run thing. You know, volunteers got together and did their thing, and, Maybe the only taxpayer dollars that would go into that would be when the uh, military uh, units might march right. or but not but not you. as but that, a sponsorship. Also, yeah, right. And that's but that's also a recruitment effort for those you know military branches. So yeah, well, and I that's mean, I mean that quite frankly that's different participating in and being a sponsor of are two different things. I was just curious because that person also mentioned the same thing, that they don't think that the government should be using taxpayer dollars to sponsor any events whatsoever. So I just wanted to get your take on that. Thanks for the phone call, Joe. Yep, go ahead. All right. Uh, remember, pride and, and that whole thing is, is an equivalent of a religion, and it's, it's like putting taxpayer-funded money into religion. I mean, it may be an, an irreligious religion, but... But it's it's this this the government putting their thumb on the scale 
to say this is what I want you all to believe, you know, and and this is not that is not the role of government that, you know, if, if Pride Fest is going to survive, let it go do its own private yeah. sponsorship stuff. But no taxpayer money at all, ever. Thank you for the phone call, Lee. Joe, appreciate it. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. We'll take a break. Uh, phone lines are open right now. If you're on the line, stay right where you're at. I promise we'll get to you. we got a couple phone lines open if you want to get in for taking in the show today. Don't forget, Chris is back. That means you can email him after the last week of me if, telling you not to. If you so desire. Uh, Chris at KBY.com. You can also email Mike at KBY.com. And uh, if you'd like to text us, it's the same as our main number. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Dow is up 266 points as of right now. NASDAQ up 160 points. Standard & Poor's is uh, also up. Uh, so we're off to a great start on a Monday. It's looking like we're going to get a good start to the uh, week ahead. Phone lines open once again, uh, as we usually are during uh, this hour of the show. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Uh, no name on this. It's a uh, text message. It says, come on, Mike. The U.S. defense has updated their description and calls the object small metallic balloons. Quit trying to scare people. You do that with the stock market already. Oh, that's weird. I just when, said the when stock they, market was up and sounding good. When did they update it? As of last night, they um, haven't updated it. They haven't updated it. I don't know where oh. he's getting his information. I just did a Google search, and this from Reuters within the last hour. Once again, U.S. Air Force General Glenn Van Herc, who is tasked with safeguarding U.S. airspace, tells reporters that the military has not been able to identify what the three most recent objects are, how they stay afloat, or where they are coming from. Quoting here, from the general, we are calling them objects, not balloons, for a reason. That's from General Van Herc, head of North American Aerospace Defense Command and Northern Command. So I think I'm going to go with the general who is in charge of shooting these things down and the security of U.S. airspace over you, saying that the military has said that they are balloons because... Okay. They're not. They have come right out and said, just like you heard from right there, that's a quote, there's a reason why we are not identifying these as balloons. John says, regarding balloons, I'm thinking the song 99 Luftballoons might be appropriate. <laughs> Whether sung in German or English. I, I saw a meme last week on that saying, a German woman warned us years ago about the yeah. Chinese balloon coming to the United States. Um, another text message says, oh, sure, aliens are friendly, friendly right up until the anal probe. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Come on, man. Well, and if, <clears throat> if you're unconscious for that, that's not even that bad, probably. Uh, Randy and Boise, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Hey, good morning, guys. I just wanted to comment on the Jeep commercial yesterday where they showed the Jeep going through the creeks and through the snow and up into the mountains and... And then when they got all done with the run and they're way back there in the back country, they plugged into a charging station. I thought it was ironic that they would do it that way because everybody knows there's no charging stations up there. And that's exactly what would happen is you'd buy one of the electric vehicles. You get way back there in the middle of nowhere and no way to get back out. Wait, of course there are charging stations way back in there. My grandfather used to tell me about current <laughs> bushes all the time. Ba-doom-tsh. You yeah, just plug I, into I a computer. 
I was from that era of current bush. Yeah, you go camping, you <laughs> plug into a current bush, but I never have found one. I found a current berry. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the anyway, call. Anyway, I thought they, they didn't think that think that through too well. Yeah. In college, they told us, if you want to be an electrical engineer, you have to keep up on current events. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chuck in Boise, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Hey, good morning, Mike. Hey. So you call me a liar, but you're the liar. I sent the text message in. The U.S. military reported on Sunday that they are small metallic balloons. You guys first reported when they were looking at the balloon over Carolina that people were shooting at the balloon with their own guns. You lied about that, too, but you never corrected yourself because the report said it was preemptive that they were encouraging the public not to do it. But you like to race hysteria because that's your whole job. Your job is to get people listening and then call in so you can sell advertisements. But you don't like to actually report the news, do you? Um, apparently you missed where I didn't say any of this. I, I reported what the general, and I quoted him from Reuters. I, I didn't say I'm saying this. I said what the general said so you can call the general who's in charge of norad a liar but you can't call me a liar because i'm not the one saying it no you just said that there is no reports that the defense the military is calling it balloons but there is they did it yesterday really because i just did a google google search and once again i'm reporting what the general who is in charge of this is saying his quote just tell us what your source is on that because i want to look it up too if you want metallic balloons yeah what's your source Source. Military. Fox News. Sunday. They were on the TV talking about it. And they were talking about it? Or is the gu- or the general in charge was talking you, about it? Huh? Is Fox News not a good source for you? Not if they Do don't have the actual person. If, if a Fox no. talking head is saying it? No, that's not a source. If they are sourcing what, who when is saying it from the military. News. Okay, who's their source? That's what How I'm asking. How about I text you the whole article so you can read it for yourself? But your ineptability to actually search and get news is important because you're an opinion show. But you talk of things as if they're facts, and they're not. Weird, because I, I just gave you the facts from the general no, who is opinion. in charge of... No, that's not my opinion. I gave you the quote... From the general, a United States general in charge of NORAD, who is in charge of the security of our airspace. That's not my quote. I didn't make it. I don't know if it's true or not. All I said is I gave you the quote, and that is my source. So it's hard to call me a liar when I I didn't say it. The the general said it. I found the story, and what the story says is that the U.S. military revealed that they are believed to be balloons. What, is, ah, what, what does that believed mean? Believed to be balloons? So not even saying they're balloons, just believed how can you reve- to be. How can you reveal what something is believed to be? <laughs> I don't know. Like I said, the the comment that I made was not my comment. The comment was from the general in charge of NORAD who said, there is a reason why we are not calling these balloons. Didn't say what the reason was, just saying that they were not calling them Balloons. 208-336-3700. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KDOI. See if the uh, aliens from Close Encounters are the ones that we're going to be 
having to deal with. I'm okay with that. They they seem kind of friendly, right? Well, they would have landed on Devil's Tower, right, in Wyoming. Yeah, you know, kind of kind of close to us. But I I mean, they didn't they didn't seem like. I mean, they went over Montana, but I guess they just completely bypassed Wyoming. Yeah. Um, high altitude objects. What are the officials saying? Officially, military not even calling them balloons, just mm-hmm. unidentified flying objects. The lead story on Fox News about it says, and I'll just read it straight out, it says, the unidentified objects the U.S. shot down over Canada and Alaska are both believed to be balloons that were carrying a payload, a senior U.S. official confirmed to Fox News on Sunday. Uh, Details regarding the object that was flying through Canadian airspace were scarce throughout the weekend, but U.S. officials now describe it as a small metallic balloon with a tethered payload, the official told Fox News. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said he received a briefing on the issue Sunday and was told that the object in Alaskan airspace on Friday was also believed to be a balloon. The objects were much smaller than the Chinese spy craft shot down more than a week ago, Schumer told ABC's This Week. So you have people both sides, some saying, well, we don't know other than Schumer. Um, oh, okay. To be fair, I think what they said there is they're pretty sure they're balloons. Right. But they don't know what they were being used for. And you also have the general, as I said, quoting, we're calling them objects, not balloons, for a reason, unquote. I don't know what that means. Probably just meant that we haven't confirmed they're balloons yet. Right. We shot down something. We shot down something. As you know, as soon as we figure out what it is, we'll let you know. The one over uh, Lake Huron, by the way, was uh, hexagonal shaped. That so, has not been recovered as of yet. So eight sides. Is it? No, six sides. Six sides. Yeah, o- octagon. They said eight. one of them was octagonal, which is eight sides. That's right. Two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred. Danny in Nampa. Good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. There was a late news conference on the Pentagon last night that was broadcast about 12 midnight our time. I was up, uh, I had an errand to run, came back in and watched it on YouTube and heard it. And the general at that time, I'll go along with the gentleman that called you early and called you a liar, I'm sorry. We got to go with what they want to cover it up at the Pentagon and also the Secretary of State at the time. They had other reporters questioning after their words. One of the questions I will not mention to any of the other press companies or anything else, but they basically summed it up and he said, look, these jet fighters that are out there, we did not want to use the gun turret. Those people in the military will know better than I am. I, I never went in the Air Force. Never flow a Navy jet or anything else. Just going by what they were said last night. And he said the official time, at this time, we are only going to call it an object. Now, he's the general that's in charge of everything, NORAD and everything Mm -hmm. else, last night. That's what he said last night. Now, what they said on the other news programs, I'm not privileged to. I don't have a TV. I only have my Internet services anymore. 
But this is what they were saying last night. And the reason he said they said it is because the jet pilots could not see exactly how big it was. It was smaller than the previous one that was shot down in North Carolina. And he said, look, folks, we're going 300 miles an hour. This thing was moving slow. And yes, we did have to readjust our equipment after the first one. And one of the other reporters brought up a incident that I understand occurred in 2019 when there was some other balloons that were floated around in the United States at that time, because it sounds like he was brought on the uh, questionable dock on that one. Hmm. And they refused to answer anything at that time because they said, Oh, well, we're only looking at this incident that occurred most recently. So we had to do some adjustments and you know, I'm sorry, folks. You know, I don't care who's in the administration and who's running the show. They're going to try and cover some of this up in their best interest. But they did say they were going to do more investigations. And now you've got the FBI and Canadian authorities jointly investigating the other one. It's closest in Erie. So, but they swore up and down we would be, they would release some of the footage from the pilots soon. Now, What's soon in their time? Yeah. Three months, six <laughs> hard, months, or a year? We don't know. As soon as it's declassified, we'll release it. Yeah, there you go. All so right. that Now, that came from the Pentagon last night directly, late last night on YouTube. Okay? Okay. Thank you for the call. Thank Appreciate you. It. Have a great day. You too. The, the, the interesting thing in this, and, and you put all this together, I guess, maybe the, I don't want to use term scary the concerning part maybe because of all the information that was declassified about ufos that the military has spotted tried to track taken videos of um over the past couple of decades yeah and you start to put that together and it's like okay there seems to be something out there that is not from this planet now i'm not saying any of the things that we shot down because these apparently were fairly easily shot down. So they very easily could be Chinese balloons, again, weather balloons. I don't know what. But it doesn't seem like they're highly technical. You know this, what I mean? This was filed at 8 o'clock this morning, and it says, The U.S. military shot down at least three unidentified flying objects over the weekend after a Chinese spy balloon that had invaded American airspace was downed on February 4th, setting off a diplomatic crisis. At this point... It is unclear what the objects were, their purpose, or who sent them. What is clear is that the United States and Canada have become hypervigilant since the balloon incursion. The North American Aerospace Defense Command, or NORAD, has adjusted its radar system to become more sensitive. Why weren't they adjusted to be really sensitive in the first place? Anyway, never mind that. Sharply raising the uh, number of objects it detects. Here's a quick timeline of events. February 4th, a Chinese spy balloon shot down over the Atlantic Ocean. The balloon entered Alaskan airspace January 28th, Pentagon officials said, and later drifted from Idaho southeast to the Carolinas before it was shot down on February 4th off the coast of South Carolina. An F-22 fighter jet fired a Sidewinder air-to-air missile at the balloon, which was about the size of three buses and was flying at an altitude of 60,000 to 65,000 feet. Secretary of State Anthony J. Blinken subsequently canceled a trip to China that would have been the first by a Biden cabinet secretary. 
American officials have said they believe the balloon was meant to conduct surveillance on U.S. military bases, although China has maintained that the device was a civilian aircraft that strayed into American airspace. On Monday, a Chinese official said unauthorized balloons from the United States had flown over Chinese airspace more than 10 times since the start of last year. Now, February 10th, just a few days ago, a UFO was shot down off Alaska. On Friday, a U.S. fighter jet brought down an unidentified object over the waters of Alaska. The object broke into pieces after being shot down and was most likely not a balloon, a Defense Department hmm. official said. See, now that makes... That, that one, they said it's most likely not. Yeah, because a, a White, balloon won't break into pieces. A White House... Uh, no, they, they you know pop and go... On the way down. A White House official they do, said... They do the, what? Uh, <laughs> a White House official... I'm just going to move on. A White House <laughs> official said the object was the size of a small car. The object was first detected on Thursday night, Alaskan time, and was headed toward the North Pole before it was struck down. Now, February 11th, this was Saturday, a UFO was shot down over Canada. An American F-22 fighter downed another object on Saturday over the Yukon Territory, which borders Alaska. The object, which a Canadian official described as cylindrical and smaller than a spy balloon, was picked up on radar late Friday as it passed over Alaska. It was unclear what the object was, but Prime Minister Justin Trudeau of Canada said it had violated Canadian airspace. That was Saturday. They didn't mention whether they thought it was a balloon or not. February 12th, a UFO was shot down over Lake Huron. An object that first appeared over Montana on Saturday reappeared on Sunday before being shot down over Lake Huron off Michigan. The object, which was flying at 20,000 feet, had an octagonal structure, eight sides, with strings hanging off but had no discernible payload, U.S. officials said. National security officials on Sunday discounted the possibility that the object shot down over the weekend might have extraterrestrial origins. However, and you pointed this out earlier, uh, General Glenn D. Van Herc, the commander of the Air Force's Northern Command, said during a news conference, I haven't ruled anything out at this point. Is anybody else concerned that we may have unwittingly just declared war on an alien race? <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to worry about that just yet. By the way, if you're wondering... Because Canada, we, we they had the uh, item, the unidentified uh, flying object that was shot down over Canada. If you're wondering why the U.S. entered Canadian airspace, which seems like it would be illegal, it's because the Prime Minister asked the United States yeah. to help out in shooting down the unidentified flying object. So we didn't just fly into Canada willy-nilly and go, oh, we're going to shoot this down, whether they like it or not. Um it was a, you know, cooperation between Canada and the United States. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Have we been visited by beings from another planet or just beings from another country? <laughs> One more segment on the way coming up next. For your Google Play, simply say, hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Paul in Nampa. Good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Good morning, Mike. Hey, you kept your composure pretty good, I thought. You didn't yell that back at him. You just raised your voice a little bit. I thought you did a good job. Um, this is kind of a touchy subject for me. This one about the first balloon. You know, there's times when you want to scream at the TV, and there's times when you actually do scream at the TV. And I kept yelling, shoot it down, shoot it down, as soon as I knew where it was going for the first trip. 
in Montana. I've got a friend that, that did some time up in that neck of the woods, not in the Air Force, but in the Navy. That's where he was from, a reservation. And so he knew what I was talking about. And we got to talking again on Saturday. And, you know, that, that was extremely sensitive areas. You can't even let a commercial airliner fly over that that particular property that's in Montana. Mm-hmm. That balloon hovered over for almost 24 hours. They got all the information they're ever going to need from us. And and the guy that was asked, I think his name was Macaulay or Collie, from the from the um, House of Representatives, was asked that question about what what was it like for you, and what did you feel was the problem with with Biden? He said he felt as though that it was that it was treason. And I was surprised by his answer that he actually called it treason for not shooting it down before that and to letting it fly into that non-restricted fly zone. And then it just sauntered its way across the United States, collecting all the sensitive information that it could ever wanted. And I was just amazed by that whole thing for three days. I could not believe it was not getting shot down. And then the stupidest thing I thought was to shoot it over water where there's sand that's going to cover up the stuff that's on the bottom. All it takes is a three or four days of some rough seas, and it covers it all up. So if it would have landed on solid earth and not water, they could have collected everything and, and not miss a beat. Yeah. Thank you for the call. Um, I, I will say that, you know, in all fairness, they did say that they didn't want to get it over land for the possibility of landing on somebody or property. That could have I think caused damage. Somebody specifically mentioned uh, a daycare center. They said, we don't want to wake up tomorrow and find <laughs> out that we shot it down and it, it fell down and crushed a daycare center. Uh, Jim and Eagle uh, writes in, ABC is reporting that China is accusing the U.S. of flying spy balloons over yeah. China. And we talked about that a little bit earlier this morning. Um, and the accusation made by the Chinese foreign ministry comes after China said it was preparing to shoot down an unidentified object flying near its eastern coast that they believe was property of the United States. Mm -hmm. However, the United States vehemently denies uh, that from the White House says that we are not flying balloons over Chinese airspace. Hard to say if that's true or not, but I, yeah. you know, trust our military and administration more than I trust China as of right now. Here's the thing. China's saying they're preparing to shoot down an unidentified object flying near its eastern coast. Then do it. Don't, don't say, Hey, we're, we're about to do it. Just do it. If it belongs to the United States, then you have some proof, I guess. You know, we, uh, both countries have plenty of spy satellites, but uh, uh, maybe they're not you know, uh, functioning the way they're supposed to or not. Well, I, I because I thought the same thing, too, and then I heard over the weekend in, in an interview that the balloons can get a better look and a better up-close look at certain things. Plus, you don't have to retask balloons. They can fly yeah. over certain areas where satellites have a flight plan that it's really hard to retask them to get them to fly over certain areas. I mean, they fly over the right. same area over and over very, again. So. Very quickly here, JM says, good morning, could these balloons be used to inject biological agents into our air using the jet stream as a method of spreading the contaminant. Something to consider, maybe. Thanks. Uh, I was know, already well, worried, okay. and now you made me worry even more. I don't know that they couldn't, so I, I can't uh, you know, discuss that one way or the other. But uh, the Congressman uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene yesterday was at uh, a briefing, and she was basically screaming at the people for not telling 
you know, saying that that yeah. wasn't what was going on. That's all the time we have for today. Hopefully there will be no UAPs or UFOs to report on tomorrow. We're on a 20-hour break. We'll be back coming up tomorrow morning. Have yourself a great Monday.